Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Stephanie Ryan. And here's a bit about Stephanie. Dr. Stephanie Ryan, she holds a PhD, is a chemist, a boy mom, and a social media influencer who enjoys using her background to create superior educational products and content. Although an academic at heart, Dr. Stephanie is passionate about learning through play. She can be found helping young kids explore the fascinating world around them. Over the years, Dr. Stephanie has taught science to all age age groups, both in and out of the classroom, helping toddlers learn about their world and college students define theirs. She is an active member of the chemistry education community and is currently a committee member of the International Activities Committee for the Division of Chemical Education. Dr. Stephanie earned her PhD in the Learning Sciences and her MS in Analytical Chemistry from the University of Illinois at Chicago. She earned her BS in Chemistry from St. Mary's College for great learning activities in the sciences, book recommendations, and more, you can follow Dr. Stephanie on Instagram at Let's Learn About Science. And without further ado, please welcome Dr. Stephanie Ryan to GEMS Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm looking forward to unpacking all things STEM and getting your opinion on how you feel with an A added in there, because now some people have not only talked about STEM, but they talked about STEAM. So let's start to unpack what STEM is and then why you chose to go into this arena. Yeah, so STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And the addition of an A for STEAM is arts. And I think that with children, it's definitely a natural go along with it to include art. Um, And a lot of art actually does include science. So um, I think it's a great combination of those. And as for getting in this arena, it was the pandemic that did this. (laughs) So I wrote a book when I had my son, and it was about teaching chemistry to babies. And I was marketing the book for its its launch that never happened because of the pandemic. I didn't get to have like a big release party or anything. And we were struggling to think of like, how can we get this book out? Um, what, What are our options in a global pandemic? And so we went to social media and started the Let's Learn About Science account. And it turned out that making activities for kids, that wasn't necessarily the part that parents needed during the pandemic. It was more the confidence that they could do it and the kinds of questions they might ask. So I kind of pivoted a little bit and made it a little more geared toward the parents and making sure that almost everything I use in my videos is to, that it can come from their kitchen. Um, And so that's kind of how I ended up in this arena and it took off. Like the other day I had 
a million views on something. And it's just like super crazy, not at all what I expected. And I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> what, what I'm doing with it. <laughs> that is awesome, um, Dr. Stephanie. And when you were growing up, do you feel that your parents had enough information about STEM to get you interested or have you always been interested in science, technology, um, engineering and mathematics or education and mathematics? My dad was an engineer when I was growing up. So that was the natural, um, he always encouraged science. And I was one of the only girls in my class being encouraged into this in the 80s and 90s. And I am lucky that that is the case. And that's something I really focus on in what I do is that I don't want it to be this niche market that only kids of scientists get to learn science and want to be scientists and have science toys and books. I want it to be for everybody. Um, I don't want a book out there that someone is reading to their kid, making them feel like they're dumb and they don't know an answer. Like I want things for parents that they can do themselves. And so that is one of my primary driving factors I have is that making sure that it's for everybody and not just for kids of scientists. And I like how you are doing the inclusivity to make sure that it is for everybody because some kids aren't really good with math, but they're good at at science or they're not good at math or science, but they're good at arts and et cetera. And there is a place for everyone in STEM, whether you're, whether you're looking at science or math, there's also technology that I would include in STEM because scientists and engineers and mathematicians, we need technology to help us, you know, stay afloat within the industry. And I think nowadays we have to really show um, the younger generation on what that looks like and what the possibilities are, because sometimes they feel like they don't have their rightful place. And if we're not really talking about it, then we're missing the curve. And I know one of the questions, because I come from a background of oil and gas and energy, and I've worked with some chemists um, whenever I manage polypropylene or polyethylene, which for those of you listening is a form of plastics, but two different commodities and two different ways that they're made. And one of the questions some kids would ask chemists is, do you just blow stuff up? So have you heard that question before? Yes. And with the uh, coming out of Breaking Bad, people ask me if I know how to make drugs a lot. And I'm like, I mean, I made aspirin in my in my chemistry class and we actually tested it to see whether or not it was pure based on what we made but no I don't know how to blow things up and do so I mean that's not all it is and that's another thing I focus on is representation in science of making it like there are a lot of things that are science that you might not think are science and a lot of people who do science and they look just like all of us like anybody who's listening there's a scientist out there who looks just like you and there's and letting kids see that and hear that and that there are all these varieties of jobs that they could do with it um and one of the things I have to remind parents is that what you think of as science and math might not be the way your child's experiencing it. So looking for a pattern, the simple act of making a macaroni necklace with red and blue macaroni colors, that's math. That is math. And you don't, they're not learning an equation. They're not doing it this way, like, but they're, they're learning while they do it. 
And so we don't have to use our, our fancy chemicals or our fancy equations to teach these things. And it doesn't have to be set out in like a desk and you're teaching your child. Like it can just be them experiencing things. Like, um, I'm not sure if you have children or not, um, but like my son yesterday, he has one of those rocket launchers that you jump on. And when the air compresses, it flies up. Um, yesterday, he stood on one stair and did it. Then he did two stairs and did it. And then three stairs and did it. And I told my husband, I'm like, well, if that isn't an experiment that he just designed on his own about gravitational potential energy, I don't know what is. Like, I just, I didn't even ask him to do anything. And here he is just playing and experiencing the world. Now, of course, I didn't say, look, you turned that to kinetic energy. Like, I didn't get into all that because it's not important to him. Um, but it's just these everyday things with the things they already have and the way they already think. <laughs> Let's um, kind of talk about the different examples that you mentioned, which are STEM or, or science that people dismiss or they don't even think that it's science. Give us some examples. And then after you give those examples, I want to talk about some activities that parents can do at home with their kids. That's not only just fun for the kids, but fun for the parents as well. So one of the things that it took me a minute in the beginning of the pandemic to have my then three-year-old um, at home all the time with me, and I just didn't know what to do with him. Like, I, I'm not a preschool teacher, and so I actually called his preschool teacher, and I was like, look, I'm doing my best, and I'm not really sure, like, is he doing what he's supposed to? And she told me that everything I was doing, him following me around the house, helping me with laundry, helping me with these things, like... These are life skills he's learning, but to also look at it, like he was pouring water in the sink. He's learning about measurement there. He's learning that if I pour one quarter cup into um, a one eighth cup and it overflows, that one is more than the other. And just like looking at more than less than, um, is there a pattern and things like that. She was said that that's what they spend the majority of what they're doing on. And yes, he is doing that just in the house. Um, and so that's when I started to really like take a step back and think about this of like, what does matter, like in helping them understand these things. So um, I have him look for patterns all the time in things we do. Um, when we cook, cooking is chemistry. Uh, every time you bake, you're doing a stoichiometric ratio. Um, that's math and science. Um, and so there are these things around your house, like you get stains out of clothes. That's chemistry. Um, just all sorts of stuff that you don't have to learn it in a book. You can do it, sit down with your kid and think, why did that work? And kind of Google it, watch a YouTube video together, um, learn together. Cause you know what? I bet you don't know the answer either. And that's okay. Cause I don't always know it either. And I have to look it up and just teaching your kid that it's okay not to know an answer. That's also an important skill, especially as you were saying with um, the jobs they have in the future, like, the jobs you have in the future are collaborative. They are not individual. You need to be able to work with others and just, just skills like that that you don't normally think of as being the science. 
Yes. And I love the baking part because I actually do that with my niece. She is six. So we normally have like on Fridays, not every Friday where we'll bake brownies. And then sometimes my nephew will join in and I try to make it a fun activity. Yes, we're going to eat something yummy and delicious, but we're also going to look at ratios because you have to know how to measure um, certain measurements whenever you're pouring the water in, the oil, the eggs and mixing. And then we also, after we're done making the brownies, I also talk about the importance of cleaning up because it's so important that you clean up your mess. And I ask, what did you learn about this? Um, and then sometimes we don't always have like maybe a half a cup measuring. So I was like, what is going to equal a half? So I was like, one fourth plus one fourth is equal to a half. So I was like, what's equal to one fourth, a quarter and just different ways of breaking it down. So it is educational, but it's fun too. And I do like how that's also teaching them, but they're having fun as well. Um, I also know the volcano uh, method where you're using the hydrogen peroxide or something and mixing it or there's another one where you're doing the baking soda and the vinegar and that's a fun way you're you get to play with play-doh make your little um volcano and then pour the um, baking soda and the peroxide in and they get to see it bubble up and all that so that's also a fun activity to do that's not super messy but it's it gets some, um, you know, off of TV or off of the video games and doing stuff like that. And I like how you talked about the um, rocket launcher, um, Dr. Stephanie, with your son. Are there any other um, fun activities that kids could do of all ages? Like, you know, the catapult. So I know sometimes they do that in like middle school or high school where they're, where they make a catapult and they um, have the marshmallows to see how far they could propel it. Yeah, um, I tend to focus on the younger ages of what they do, but with baking soda and vinegar, like you mentioned, there's actually a lot you can do with that. And I pointed that out to colleagues when we were trying to do labs at home at the college level. And I was like, I mean, it's not ideal and it's not a cool, flashy like experiment to do, but you could do this with baking soda and vinegar. You can do stoichiometric ratios. You could have them. There's two things you could do with older kids. You could have them figure out how to capture the gas so that they could show that the mass doesn't change throughout a reaction. And in that they would have a bottle with a balloon on top or something to capture it. And then that's evidence that gases are actually made of matter. So that's cool. Um, and then you could also have them work with ratios. Like if I add more baking soda, what happens? If I add more vinegar, what happens? What if the baking soda is in a tablet form versus spread out and you could look at surface area? Um, there's a lot you can do with baking soda and vinegar at home. Um, but with the littles, uh, it's really, <laughs> I was really surprised at how many times a three, four and five-year-old can sit <laughs> and watch vinegar just bubble with baking soda, just like over and over and over. <laughs> Uh, but to me, that seems redundant, repetitive, and boring. But to him, it's magical. And each time, it's still really cool. And it's like something as a parent, you have to remember that they're not looking at it through your eyes. They're looking at it with this blank slate. And they're like, hmm, if I pour the vinegar, what happens? What if I dropper it on? Um, what if what if the baking soda is yellow this time? <laughs> like, um, It's just really fun to do that. Um, but yeah, on my account, I share a lot of experiments for different themes. Um, we graph with candy a lot. 
um, of where I have one that I'm about to post with uh, jelly beans. So if you get jelly beans in your Easter basket, you could graph the jelly beans using the jelly beans um, to show the frequencies of each color. Um, that's fun to do. And there's, um, you could do gummies with candy. We like to use food a lot. <laughs> it's my five-year-old interested. Um, so you can use gummies and put them in different liquids and see if they swell up or if they shrink in size and look at osmosis. Um, you can make s'mores, uh, build your own solar oven to make s'mores. Um, that's a chemical and a physical change and just looking at those. Um, but yeah, we have, gosh, I, I'll have to count them sometime how many activities we actually have up, <laughs> uh, but there are just so many, they're all over the internet. And I think the key is making sure you ask your kid questions and if they have a wrong understanding of something, let them work through it help give them more information that'll help them kind of challenge what they had. Don't correct them. Let them build it on their own. Nice. And then as you are doing these activities with your kids, I could also see how the confidence is building up because you're learning along with your kids. Um, I want to pick one of those examples that you talked about, and I'm going to gravitate to the jelly beans because I actually have a big jar of Starburst jelly beans that I bought at Sam's. So can you kind of walk us through what that activity would look like? And then at the end, of course, I'm going to link your Instagram so they could go check out that post since you're going to upload it today. Definitely. Yeah, this one is more of an M for the mathematics, um, it, but in science, we graph things a lot. So it's also science in that regard. But what you do first is you have the kids sort by color. Um, and depending on the age, this is a learning experience in itself by sorting things into different colors. And it might be that your jelly beans, I'm not sure with Starburst flavor, but sometimes they have different shades of a color. And then you can have the conversation of as long as you're consistent in how you categorize it, it's fine if you make this one color go with this color all the time, but it has to all the time. Otherwise that frequency won't work. Um, so I think that's an important skill that they pick up because when you're doing qualitative coding or things like that, you always have categories like that where you've got one where you're like, do I do I include this? Where do I put this? Um, and then you actually take the jelly beans and set them on the table and say you've got green, stack your greens up until they're gone. And then next to it, stack your blues. And you'll see because they're all the same size, jelly beans are usually uniform in size, give or take a little. And one column will be taller than the other. And you'll be able to ask the kid questions like which one had the most, which one had the least, how many more did the one that had the most have than the least? And you can kind of work with that. Um, so that is one thing you can do. And that's really cool because you could do that with their homework as well, because I know now in schools, there's different ways that they count. Like I know some of them are drawing the circles and then they're drawing the boxes and et cetera. And that was different from me learning math at school because normally we were just taught when you do the subtraction, just stack the numbers on top of each other and then subtract it that way. And sometimes now the kids are drawing out all these squares, all these circles. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is very time consuming because I know I had to help my niece and nephew. And they're like, that's not the way that our teacher taught us. And I'm like, well, we're going to do it this way. It's a different way of learning and we're going to get the same answer. But then I had to realize that 
as like, you know, a parental figure or as an aunt who they come to for different help sometimes, you have to try to do it their way because then if if you change the way that they're doing it, they kind of lose a sense of confidence because they feel like, oh, I'm probably doing it wrong when in actuality, we're both doing it you know, the way that equals the same answer, but then it's just different learning styles. And that's one thing that we should be mindful with kids. Each kid has a different learning style, whether it's kinesthetic, auditory, visual, or so forth. And we should play into their strengths versus accentuating their weakness, because that also will strip them away of their confidence. So can you talk about that a little bit, like from a child perspective as what as well as an adult perspective, because I think we need to bridge the gap there. Yeah. Um, so one of the things with kids is that, well, and as a parent or an auntie, your your time is different than their time, right? They have all the time in the world and you have a job and you have limited time. And sometimes it's easier just to do it for them or to, no, that's not it. This is the answer. Um, and just like correct them. And that kills any confidence they had (laughs) just like gone so um an example I like to use is my son we were making popsicles during the pandemic and I asked him what we should do and he said we should put them in the oven and the scientist in me I was like what (laughs) and I wanted to go no they go in the freezer but I I caught myself and I said in the oven and he's like, yeah. And I said, why don't we try it? And so instead of wasting the, the yogurt and stuff that was in the popsicle, I got an ice cube tray. We filled it with water and we tried all the ways that he thought. And nope, that didn't work. We set it outside. That didn't work. It actually evaporated that day, which really was confusing for him. And it just his mental model. He kept tweaking it like, OK, that's not it. Let me get there. Let me get there. And he finally got to the freezer. And now we get fast forward a few months, we're in the car and it's raining and it's about 32 degrees and it starts turning into snow slash ice. And he says, it's like the popsicles. And I was like, what? Yes, yes. I've never told you this ever. And you just made that connection yourself. And that's so cool because I would have had to do it two separate times and, you know, like, but he built it himself. And, um, that's just, it's the hardest thing as a parent for me to not correct and let him be wrong, but it's okay. It's really okay to let him be wrong. Um, even if it sounds really silly, like my son thinks that, what did he tell me the other day? He said that he wanted to read a book because it would give him more energy. And at first I thought, oh, that's the most introvert saying I've ever heard. (laughs) And he's like, no, it gives me more red blood cells, which give me more energy. And I was like, what? (laughs) But you know what? If that is what he is associating at the moment, I'm just going to let it go. And then when he learns something more about red blood cells, he's going to be like, oh, I see. Okay. And then he'll, he'll just keep, he'll get there in the end. Um, It's kind of funny to listen to now, but he'll get there in the end. (laughs) And is your husband in the STEM or STEAM field? Um, I would say he he falls into the the T the tech part. Um, he works in uh, cloud computing. Um, so, 
he does, but he's also a science enthusiast. We say he's not a science, but he's not a scientist, but he's actually more curious about the way the world works than I am. Because when I grew up, it was the equations and stuff. And so like, I learned all those and I was really good at it, but then I couldn't explain anything with them. Or he's the other way where he was very conceptual and might not know the equations. So I've come more toward his side and it's really helped me explain things to my five-year-old. <laughs> And that's awesome because now you have the science, the science and the math mathematics and your areas of expertise, but you also have the tech, which is important for kids to be learning as well, because the tech definitely complements the STEAM, especially now with AI, artificial intelligence, RPA, robotic processing automation, and all those other things. I think that would also be good to start instilling that in the younger generation, especially as we see how things are changing in the world that we live in today, because everything is so um, technology ran. <laughs> even, even currency now, people aren't paying with cash anymore. Cash is starting to become obsolete. They're paying with digital currency. So I think that's also very cool to just pair that with STEM or STEAM. And um, do you wanna add anything there, Dr. Stephanie? Uh, yeah, so one of the things with technology, and it wasn't something until I was older that I realized that technology doesn't necessarily just mean digital and computer. Technology is any tool we've used to make something easier. So uh, technically speaking, even using currency is a kind of a technology, you know, and we have now just evolved our technologies. And so I think that came about with um, the pandemic a little bit with the uh, talk about vaccines and how they've changed. And it's like the technologies used in a vaccine have changed. And it's just even looking at technology as a tool in that way, I think is really important for kids. Mm, thank you for adding that because I didn't see it from that perspective. But now as you elaborate, it definitely makes sense because there are various tools and resources that we could use to really help um, us learn better. And Dr. Stephanie, as we get ready to wind down, I want you to leave the listeners and viewers with either one or two gems. The first one could be something that complements the core pillars, which are to educate, inspire, and motivate. And the second one could probably be a lifestyle gem that will help them you know carry carry on to their lifelong journey and something that they could hold on tight and be like you know what I learned this from Dr. Stephanie that amazing chemist <laughs> um I think that I would go toward the education pillar which would be it's really important to instill in your kids that learning is a lifelong endeavor it does not end when you graduate 12th grade and it doesn't end when you end college. And I think that's something that a lot of students think, and I know I did, was like, oh, I'm graduating and I'm done. But none of that is, I mean, I, I can count the number of times on one hand <laughs> that I've learned something directly from a textbook and applied it. Um, so it's, it taught you how to learn and how to keep your mind open for new technologies. And we're training our kids for technologies that don't even exist yet. So it's something that's going to be difficult, but them seeing you learning and you struggling and you failing. So highlighting when you've made a mistake, 
highlighting when you're learning something new and how that makes you feel. I think those are very important to do with children because otherwise they think that adults are infallible and they are just, oh, I'm a failure compared to you. You came out not being a failure and that I'll never catch up. And so I, that's a thing that we do in our family is we really highlight mistakes and anytime we're practicing a skill to get better, to show kids and model that for them. Um, and then I forget the second gem um, needed to be just for life in general. Yes. Um, ooh, that's a tricky one. I'm always working on these myself. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, I think taking time for yourself, um, even if it is just to like watch some silly show on Netflix, like just that you want to do um, in your own terms on your own time to really center, get back to that you're a person too. It's, I'm not just my son's mom. I'm not just my husband's wife. I am not just an influencer on my account, even though some people want me to post things like I am, <laughs> um, that that's the only hat I wear. But I, I am also me and I'm, I have things about me that are important too. And I need to work on those as well. So I think that don't forget about yourself. You're like your core self, what you want to be, who you are, and make sure you're always working toward that. Yes, that's amazing advice because self-care is the best care. And if you don't take time to recharge and rejuvenate, you can easily lose a sense of who you are or hit that period of burnt out. So Dr. Stephanie, um, how can our listeners and viewers connect with you via your website and where do you hang out most on social media? My website is letslearnaboutscience.com and the, I have the same handle on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. It's Let's Learn About Science. Um, I, I cycle between them. Uh, I'll go through phases. Like right now I'm on a really big Facebook phase because I seem to have really hit a pocket of people who were really interested in learning more activities for their kids. And earlier it was TikTok. So I post content on all, all of them. And so I am in all places. So if people want to send me a message, I do reply and I love getting questions. So if there's an experiment that people want answers to, or if they're not sure if it was real or not, like if it was fake science, I love to do stuff like that. So send it. I, I usually reply to a comment with a video. So I find me there. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Amazing. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and we just heard from Dr. Stephanie Ryan with Let's Learn About Science. Make sure you are learning about STEM as well as STEAM. And don't forget about the big T, which is technology, because if you're not learning, you're not growing. There is no right or wrong reason. Just have fun and never correct um, mistakes because you don't wanna take away the confidence from your children where each we're each learning and growing on a daily basis to become a better version of ourselves. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast can be found on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. Ciao. 
Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.